The reason I bring this up is we need to zero in on Jesus. But I typed in the resurrection the other day, and I didn't type about the biblical resurrection. I just typed in the resurrection. And, and I Googled it, and it came up, uh, alien resurrection, mechanic resurrection, the resurrection of Jake the snake. Does any of you even know who Jake the snake is? I do. You know, uh, the resurrection of Halloween, uh, not a mention of Jesus' resurrection. And that really got me, and the Lord was already putting on my heart that, that we need to zero in on Him. But so many times in life, we get caught up with trying to fix it with the world or to press into what the world offers when, man, the only thing we need is the resurrection of Jesus Christ because He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. And, and, and that's what the Lord wants to remind us of, and, and, and He's so good about bringing us into that place each week. I always wonder how we're going to get into where he wants us to be. And he takes care of it every, every week. But he wants us to remember to zero in to him. Thursday night, I'm not going to share you something that happened in my life. But Thursday nights, the young adults, uh, we went axe throwing. And if you want to flip up the next slide here, I was humbled that night. Uh, I, I threw my axe and it actually bounced off the floor once and hit the wall. Um, I was so humiliated. As you can see the score here, uh, Landon had a 43, Joe had a 41, and they weren't humili- humiliated. They were happy. And I had the lowest score, a nine, and I was humbled. I was very humbled that night. Uh, it really bothered me. I was so humbled. But can you believe that Landon posted that on Facebook? Is that not showing off? <laughs> and my wife posted it to humble me some more, huh? You just resent it out then, huh? But I tell you, uh, they were zeroed in. Uh, Landon was zeroed in, believe me. I think he had three bullseyes in the row one time. Uh, Joe was zeroed in. Uh, as you can see, the men were zeroed in. They won whether I was on their team or not. Uh, oh, you just had to bring it up, didn't you? Okay, they won one out of ten. But no, I'm just kidding. But, but you could tell those that were zeroed in and those that weren't. And we need to zero in. Christ reminded me over and over, we need to zero in with him. But something else that, that really hit me was when Dolly was singing today, I don't have to leave a legacy, I just need Jesus. And so on the other hand, I thought, man, I could go that direction today. You know, I was humbled that night, but who cares? All that matters is Jesus, you know? But we need to zero in on Him. We need to zero in on who He is. I got home that night, and at about midnight, I started uh, talking to Caesar from Venezuela. And, and boy, he really ministered to me because God was already speaking this sermon to me. But, but this was our conversation, and it's behind me. Uh, he's from Venezuela, as I just said. So we all know what's going on over there, how tough it is. But, but he said, here we are fighting with a lot of faith. And, and that really struck me when he put that. I was like, because, you know, he doesn't speak good English. But, but he knows it well enough, and I thought he meant what he said. 
And then after he went on, he said to the next thing, he said, uh, I lost my place here, but you got it behind me. But the next thing he said is there is a lot of difficulty in this country. Then he said there's a lot of hunger and many, many needs in this country. If you watch the news, 30% of the, the, the people, the, the, the weight mass of the people, 30% has been lost because of starvation, if you will. Uh, horrible things going on over there. And, and we see the last thing he says, but God is faithful, Jesus. And so I want to take us back to the first thing he said. Here, we are fighting with our faith. That's how we'd say it in America. Here, we are fighting with what we know, the word, our prayers, and God is faithful. And so that's that Jesus again. You know, it's it's good time as any, but the Lord's burning another sermon on my heart, and I wanted to share it today. But, But many people here, we depend on our own strength to get us through, and it may work for now. Many of you may depend on your own money for now. But there will be a day when you'll be forced to depend on your king. Who's your king? If it's not Jesus, then I feel for you today. And I was kind of checked the first service because I said humiliated. Humiliated means you're, when I was talking about zero in, I was humiliated. I got rebuked because humiliated means you have no self-worth. Humbled means that, that you need to just step up. You, you weren't there. And, and I never thought about that, but Satan tries to hum, humiliate us, to take away our self-worth. So if, if, if your money's your God and you depend on that, then Satan's going to use that to take away your self-worth. And Gary Dump shared a great testimony in the first service that talked about that. But if you depend on you, your strength, and, and, and even like me, if I want to get really uh, personal today, that bothered me. I didn't do very good that night in throwing the axe. And Satan tries to steal yourself worth even in the smallest things. If you allow him, if you put your stuff, trust in anything but Jesus, Satan's going to take your self-worth away. But we see with those that put their faith in Christ and operate in that faith, he is faithful. And Caesar's a good example of that. So the Lord is wanting me to to talk to us today about things that will help us see and be able to zero in on him. And he's asked me to do that by talking about the Lenten season which I usually don't like to because I think that if we get caught up into all the religious things, we forget and don't realize the, the, the intimacy and the relationship we need. But the Lord has shown me how these things are good. They point us to Jesus, and that's what we need to use them for. But, but anyway, here, just moving into it, Lent is the 40 days before Easter, excluding Sundays, so not counting Sundays. It begins Ash Wednesday, which is March 6th, and ends at sun, uh, sundown on Saturday evening before Easter Sunday, which is April 20th this year. 
Ash Wednesday reminds us of what King Jesus has done for us. And I'm going to read a scripture that they use a lot of times on Ash Wednesdays out of Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Uh, I shared this scripture with you that Christ grabbed the scrolls in Luke 4 and he read the same thing when it was fulfilled. But this is what our king has done. But I like the last part of it because it tells about the promises to the, the fulfillment of it all. But the word says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And that pumps me up just reading that now because when we put our faith in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he is faithful. He's saying that Christ was going to come in Isaiah 61, and he didn't. Jesus read it in Luke 4. He fulfilled it, but he said when he does that, he's going to save us. He's going to take our ashes, our flesh, our sin, and make them beautiful. That's what he's done. God never, no longer looks at the believer as unrighteous, but as righteous. He's taken us from ashes to beauty. The King Jesus gave us joy for our mourning. Man, if you're mourning here today, give it to Jesus. Man, he's going to give you joy. Today, if you've got a sin problem, ashes in your life that are affecting you, give it to Jesus and he's going to make you beautiful. He gives you the garment of praise for heaviness. If you're heavy today, give it to Jesus. He will make it praise. Again, faith to faithful. When we step out in our faith, Jesus, here it is. He is faithful. We need to remember him, that he's called us trees of righteousness. And I'm speaking to the believer today, and I'm not excluding the unbeliever. I'm just saying this is the promises for the believer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you need to receive Jesus to walk into these things that I'm talking about. But Lenten season... The whole season, the word Lent derives from the Anglo-Saxon word lectin, which means spring. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I never really caught that. I think I probably knew it. But it means spring. And spring means new life, freshness. And, and man, guys, uh, uh, I tell you as a pastor, this has been one of the hardest winters ever. And when I would talk to people uh, a lot of them were depressed and tired and weary. And, 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 and I, a lot of times I blame the weather. Because if you guys are with me on this and think about it, we had a lot of dark days this winter. We had a lot of rainy days. It wasn't necessarily cold, but I can remember God just give us some sunshine. You know, it's heavy darkness. It's just a weary winter. And man, then I read this today and I think about the freshness that Christ brings us, that spring brings us. So when we have faith in Jesus and we zero in on Jesus, it brings life, freshness. 
I was watching Fox News the other day, and we'll put these up behind us, but I'd been sharing this with you guys. I think Satan's after our children, but we need to come against this. But this was on Fox. A third of the preteens visiting emergency rooms are suicidal. Think about that. One third. And they went on to say, and I think that we really know this, but we don't want to accept it, but they've taken however they get all their information and come to know the knowledge that social media use is linked to the surge in depression. And they proved it. And they even went to the point that this guy on there says that our government needs to come and make laws that anybody under 18, that they've got regulations. That's how big this is. And then I found out earlier after the first service, Korea has already done that. They have already implemented laws because they've proven that social media and all that time consumed with that junk. And there's good parts. Don't get me wrong. I'm on it too. But, but so much that it brings depression. And, and I get thinking about it. My mom used to say, don't watch the TV, go outside. And she would make us go outside. Literally would kick us out of the house, go play. And the reason being is you get outside and you experience God's creation and see God out there in the spring and the freshness, man, it brings new life. What about yesterday, guys? Man, I went out and worked in my yard. It was, it was the best day ever, wasn't it? Because we had a day of sunshine and 50 degrees, spring, new life, new year. It's all fresh. So you see where I'm going here today. I talked to a young man the other day. And, and he was so down and out that, that he lives in a big city. And he said, there's no way to save these people. They are so lost. And I hear many of you, you watch TV and the news, you say it depresses me. They are so lost. Let's get outside and zero in on him and spend time with him and get freshed, refreshed in the Lord. There's some springtime traditions that go along with the Lenten season, if you will. And, and as I was studying these, I found out that my mother had planted and done half of these things in our yard as I was cleaning the yard yesterday. And it really hit me. Some of these things we are, we're talking about today, they're probably in your yards. But there's traditions and things that tie them into the, the Lenten season and the resurrection and preparing yourself for Easter Sunday. But the first thing that I countered is, is I went up and did some chores the other night for Amy and, and she had some brand new chicks. Man, that was so cool. Uh, I don't, I'm not a chicken guy. I mean, I want to shoot them and eat them. But, but I, don't, I guess we don't have that picture. But, but I went to Ames and she's got these two little chicks that have been hashed out. And, and boy, that was so refreshing. You saw the, the eggshells around them. Jesus brings new birth. Springtime. During this springtime, and we see the, the calves, Jason, that are, the cows, you got spring calvers? I don't, I thought you did, but, but seeing a calf that's born, you know, seeing God move out through his creation, oh, it reminds me of Jesus. And then I think of the Easter lily that, that's all through Walmart, and, and you're seeing Easter lilies, and, but the Easter lily explaining there's no greater love than what Christ gave us. And I think about John 15. There's no greater love. Than to lay down one's life. 
for one's friend. So when you see the Easter lily, that's the tradition behind that. That represents Christ's love for you. And again, these aren't biblical things. These are just traditions over the years, but they point us to Christ. And I want to challenge you to get outside and, and see these things, the, the daffodils or jonquils that, that people see is the next one that's up behind me. But this is usually the first sign spring is coming. You know, a lot of times you'll, you'll see these yellow flowers just pop out in the middle of nowhere. And, 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 and there's maybe snow around them. But it's reminding us, hey, it may be dark and dreary now, but spring is coming. And we need to remember when we're having struggles that it may be dreary now, but if I pay my faith in Jesus, he's faithful. Uh, the thing that really gets me is if you drive through the country, just take a drive up here, hit 30th Road, and go straight west. And you're going to see a bunch of these danquils or jonquils right along the road up there, out in the middle of nowhere, and you're thinking, why are they there? Well, you look back in the brush there, there's an old house there. Usually where you see those things was an old house. Because again, our parents and their parents would plant things like that, symbols of Christ to remember him. The next one here is the, the uh, how does, forsythia. I always say it wrong, but forsythia. And this is a flowering shrub that, that is, it's like, it looks like a spider, but the tradition is that the wind blows through them and the arms are waving, praising the Lord. And, and I didn't ever know that, but my mom's got them in our backyard. And I have to cut them back every year because they grow like crazy. And they cut my arms up and, that, and all that. And I'm thinking, cursed is this plant. <laughs> when, when, when it's a tradition that reminded them back in the day that, hey, let's praise God. This is a season that we praise God and we worship him. And, and again, these are just things that point towards Easter. But the dogwood tree... It is said that the dogwood tree used to grow straight up and tall. But after it was used as a crucifix for Christ, God made it shorter and twisted with a thin trunk so it could never be used as a cross again. See, when you see the dogwood tree, I I never thought of that. We planted them all over Freeman's. That and the little uh, redbud trees because they're a quick, blooming, flowering tree that was beautiful. And, and, And man, that reminds us and points us to the cross. And again, none of these are proven biblically, but this actually on the dogwoods, a Roman account of it. And, and it's in history of the Romans. But it reminds us that with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once and for all and secured our redemption. Put your faith in him. He's going to be faithful. But I want to stay with this tree and this plant. The blooms on it has four parts. If you notice on the end of the flowers, I always thought it was because they were just not a healthy plant. But the rusty red colors at the end and the small holes is a reminder of where the nails were driven into the cross. And it reminds me of Hebrews 10.10, 10, for God's, God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ again once and for all. Put your faith in him, your trust in him. And then the last one here, I'd never heard this tradition before, but the robin. It has a red breast and the the legend to explain it. Seems that once a gray robin flew to Christ's crown of thorns to draw out a thorn. And when it did, a drop of Christ's blood fell on its breast. 
leaving a stain forever. And again, these aren't biblical things, but they point us to the cross. And I'm doing it today so that when we do get outside and we get out and, and look around us, that things point us to the cross. And we need to remember the season that, that Easter is upon us and remember Christ, that he is faithful. So when you're having a bad day, walk outside and you'll see these flowers, these trees or whatever, and it's going to point you to the cross. And then it'll help you say, well, Lord, please enter into this situation. Father, I need you to touch me. And the Lord will be faithful when you step out in faith. But getting biblical on this, the the 40 days of, of Lent spring represents the first time Jesus spent time enduring temptation. But he was preparing for ministry. So when we see Jesus, that, that when he needed to be pointed to God during this time of temptation, he did five things. And we can read about him in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Mark 1, 12 and 13, and Luke 4, 1 through 13. Today I'm going to read it from Matthew 4, 1 through 11, because I preached out of, of Luke 4, 1 through 14 the other day. But, but again, Christ even pointed towards God when he was in times of trial and temptation. And God was faithful with him. And so we see what Christ did here that during this time, well, let's just read it. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is also written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up and to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you would fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall not worship the Lord your God and, uh, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil, devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So we see that Jesus here, the, the five things in here, again, number one, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I want to challenge you tonight, if you're hungry for the Lord to fast during this Lenten season, I would challenge you to fast food, but, but many people do many different things. Uh, several ob- observe the Sabbath by abstaining from chocolate, uh, social media, uh, shopping, or, or other things. But they abstain from them. But I ask that whatever you do, that the important thing is that you're praying and reading God's word when you're not doing that. You know, I challenge parents as a, uh, to take their kids and instead of watching a TV show together to go in and teach them the Lord's Prayer. Make that your challenge this month. Or teach your kid Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. Or teach them the, the, one of the creeds that they can also, when they get in a tight place, I'm glad I know all those things because when I don't know what to pray, I say Jesus a lot of times, but I can quote the 23rd Psalm and I can quote the Lord's Prayer thanks to, full to my mom and dad and many of you Sunday school teachers that are in here. 
So again, let's take something during this Lenten season and some way to observe God through fasting. I would challenge you today as, as married couples to fast whatever is going to keep you from going to motive matters. And I don't say that because I'm trying to promote something. Uh, guys, the reason I'm promoting it is because I went to it and it's good. But I keep hearing, well, I've got this. I've got farming. I've got sports. I've got all this. And I know those things are important. But in the end, the king of kings is the most important thing. And the second thing is your spouse. Then your children and then everything else. And I would challenge you to, to trust God and have faith in God for that eight hours of motive matters to allow the Lord to touch your, your relationship with your spouse. And if money's an issue, come, with, come to me, I'll pay for it. Because I think it's that important that we, are, we spend time on our relationship with God and our spouses. The second thing Jesus did is he quoted the word. In response to everything that Satan said, Jesus quoted the word. And if you notice through the scriptures when I had it up behind me, I had Deuteronomy 6.16 after the first temptation of Jesus because that's what Jesus quoted was that scripture. And then the second one was out of uh, uh, Deuteronomy uh, 6.13, I believe. I'm out of whack here. But but anyway, the other one was Deuteronomy chapter 8. But he used three scriptures out of Deuteronomy that he would quote back to Satan. But the reason the word is so important is Sometimes we take a scripture to justify what we want to do. Satan used the scripture to justify what he wanted to do to Christ. He said, hey, if you throw yourself off this pinnacle, the word of God says that he'll send his angels because they're in charge of you and they're going to come save you. And Jesus knew that was in the Bible. And if you look it up, I think it's Psalms. But Satan quoted a scripture and Jesus said, but if you read the whole scripture, the Bible says, don't tempt the Lord your God. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll take a scripture to justify something we want to do and then we're really out of God's will. We need to put the whole scripture around it and see how it works for the whole scripture. The reason I say that is I used to use uh, Jesus turning the water to wine to be a drunk. And I, a pastor preached on it one day and, and I was struggling with that at the time. And, and the way he preached it, I thought, well, that's okay, I can drink. And I use that to justify myself when the word says don't get drunk on, on wine, but be, get drunk on the Holy Spirit is what it says. So we got to look at the whole things. And we, gotta, we need the word of God. We need the word when, when there is an issue. You know, we talked about Doug today. We need to use the word to encourage him and his family and ourselves. And God's word says we never die. The believer, we live on forever. The word says that he's built us a new home. He's built us a mansion. He, the word says he's, he's gave us a new body, a new spiritual body. Man, we start doing that, we start getting excited. But then we look at those that are hurting inside and, and, and the word says God heals the brokenhearted. God's with the brokenhearted. And, and so we use the word to stand on so that we can get through tough times. That, but when we're faithful... He's faithful. When we step out in faith, he is so faithful. But I challenge you during this Lenten season, another way to observe Lent is read your Bible every day until Easter. Again, read it with your family. The third thing, Jesus prayed. When you fast, you pray. They just go together. But I see society squeezing out prayer. 
I see it, you know, we spend a lot of time over here, but not very much time on prayer. And there's nothing wrong with word, there's nothing wrong with fellowship, all that, but, but we need to spend more time on prayer. The pastors meet together each, each uh, uh, Tuesday morning here, and we sit right here, and I share a word with them. But it seems like the word always takes this long, and when we really need to get to the time of praying, it's this long. And the prayer, that's where we step out in our faith so that God can be faithful. And so we need to pray. And guys, I want to challenge you on that, 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 that during the Lenten season is to come out for RPWF. And, and RPWF is going to start April 3rd. The Lord's given me a word already. It's called Acts. And that's how we're going to teach each other how to pray. But A-C-T-S, if you can come up with the acronym, it's out there. But we're going to talk about how important prayer is to kick off the month of prayer. And anyway, but, but that last week, guys, Embar's mom, mama's not done well. And everybody knows that they're from Venezuela. And you cannot get into the country. If you go try to book a flight, uh, they're saying April 4th because they shut the airlines down. They're hoping it clears up a little bit by then. But you can get in Columbia and be in Columbia tomorrow or Brazil or whatever. And Embar wants to see his mom before she dies. And, and again, it's weighing heavy on him. And, and we came together that day and prayed. And man, it was a time in the Lord. And, and that's why prayer is so important. We spent all that time in word and I didn't know the need was there. And he shared the need. And we spent time in prayer. And it brings a bond not only between God and him, but God, him and each other. Prayer is so important that, that our life groups, we need to spend as much time in prayer as we are the word and fellowship. And I would challenge you to do a third prayer, third fellowship, a third of the word. Because prayer is so important. Uh, guys, if this is a long story short on Pastor Embar, he's got a dual uh, uh, passport. He's a citizen of the United States and a citizen in Venezuela. Be praying about it because he can get in, but we're not sure he can get out. And right now, uh, we're talking about getting, him to the, getting her to the border at Columbia and meeting up. And so keep that in his prayer. But this is why I love Embar so much, is that, that he said, Kent, that's what my flesh wants, but I want what the Lord wants. And he's wanting the Lord to speak, and, and he's asking me for a word, and he's asking the church to pray for him so that he can see how the Lord wants him to deal with this because he wants to be in the Lord's will. The fourth thing Jesus did is he served people. And, and guys... Uh, Landon's sermon last week was spot on. Uh, if you didn't hear it, I challenge you to go and, and listen to it. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, thank God for Landon and Troy. They, Troy spoke the Super Wednesday. And, and that when I'm not around, man, we got preachers that can do a better job than I can. They really did a good job. But Landon, what he preached on last week was, was, was just spot on. But he was talking about overall giving but, but, but I mean, more than ties, you have to go listen to it all. But he said, are you a taker, a matcher, or a giver? And I thought about that in the serving line of things. You know, when we are called to serve, Christ served by giving his life. Did you guys ever realize that? Really, if we're following the example of Christ, we should be willing to give our life to serve. So when we serve Christ, are we a taker? Christ, as long as you serve me and I'm happy, I'll serve you. Or are you the second one? Are you a matcher? You know, Lord, I'll do it if you do it. You just, 
You know, if people do this for me, I'll do this, and we'll match it. But we need to be at the third point where we just give with no strings attached, meaning, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be a servant for you. I'm going to serve your people. I don't care if they receive me. I don't care if I get paid. I don't care anything, Lord. I'm doing it because I love you. Lord, I'm going to give my life because I love you and you gave your life for me. Another way to observe Lent service is to take on a new way of serving. A lot of times we serve in the places we want to and not in the places where God wants us to. So if God has nudged you to serve somewhere and you keep fighting against it, maybe during the Lenten season, Lord, okay, I'll step out in faith and I'll serve you during this time. Step out in your faith and see. But the last thing here is Jesus rested and the angels ministered to him. Guys, this life takes it out of us. And, and after Jesus had it taken out of him, for lack of words, the angels came and attended him. Jesus uh, was touched by the Lord over and over throughout his life. And we need to reach out and allow the Lord to bring us strength and rest. And I've been harping on the Sabbath, guys. But, but we're tired and weary. And I think if we honored the Sabbath like we're supposed to, we wouldn't be. Meaning, honor the Sabbath every week. You know, I'm a pastor, and it's hard to, to have a Sabbath when you preach from the time you get out of bed until you go to bed at night. You really don't have that Sabbath time. And, and a lot of you don't know it, but I've been struggling lately, and my vision's been kind of blurring on me. And it usually doesn't do it till late in the day. But during uh, uh, Giselle and Kyle's wedding, my vision was so blurred I couldn't read my notes. And, and anyway, I, I was really struggling getting through the, the wedding. And anyway, uh, Karen, uh, my wife, that's why I was gone last week, took me to Branson, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, and I rested. I wasn't on the computer like I usually was, wasn't on the, the um, social media like I usually was. And I spent time studying the Word and praying and seeking God, went for long walks, went outside and just... Just took it easy. And guess what? My vision cleared up. And I think we get so tired and weary, it affects us physically. And if we simply would just honor the Sabbath, it would change our lives. And so I challenge you, we got five more weeks, including Easter, is the fifth week, Sunday. I challenge you to 100% attendance. Not because I want the numbers, Because I want to show you how faithful God is. How that he will bring you strength in your life. And and me, myself, I need to find a day that that I can be alone with the Lord. And sometimes, praise team, I think you guys need to think about that. Because you're ministering from sun up till 2 o'clock. But we need to take time to allow the Lord to minister to us. And to build us up in, in our faith. Some other things the Lord put on my heart that, that we might could fast and do as families. And um, I talked to you about instead of watching TV to, to do a devotion together with our children and the Lord's Prayer and all that. But the other thing he hit me with, and, and if you guys want to do this, I'll, I'll make it happen. But we're going to take a team to Liberia and Albania. And I'd ask you that you maybe would challenge your kids and your family that, that instead of going to a movie, fast the movie or a meal out, or an event, 
and take those money and save them. And then on Easter Sunday, I'll put a little uh, jar out in the back and we can take those monies and put them in there. And I'll put it into the ministry going to Liberia and Albania. And we'll spend that in the ministry. And I hadn't told Gary about this, but I don't think you'll care. But, but what better way to fast and to teach our kids? You know, let's not go to a movie. Let's sit down and read the word together. And, and the money we would have spent on the movie was put in a jar. And we'll spend this time together and we'll bring it in at the end of the month. And whether you do that one time or ten times, that's your business. But, but let's look at these ways to, to train our children in the things of God. And, and, and that's where I look back on my life and see how that my mom and dad did that. And you're doing that with your kids. But even into the yard planting, man, plant a dogwood tree, plant some of these things that point to Christ. But whatever it may be, Jesus is all that matters in the end. And, and again, that's just been burning on me about preached it today. But if you, I, I get into the castles and medieval times and, and the, the swords and all that stuff. I love that stuff. But the king may have good archers. He may have good soldiers. You know, the kingdom may have had all these things, but in the end, they're only as good as the king was. And, and in the end, we're only as good as the king in our life. And so today, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your personal savior, I challenge you to do that. But today, if you're battling a sin, last year, I just probably just blew it by doing that. What happened on 3-18-18 last year? Who can tell me? What happened on 3-18-18 last year? First service don't count. 3-18-18 last year. Huh? You got rid of something. Landon preached a sermon out of this world on giving up something, and you went up to the altars and you gave up something for the Lord. This is the things you guys gave up as a congregation. We kept them. He prayed over them. And these are the things you're supposed to come up with. Those things, those ashes, the sins, are the things that you don't like. It may be a bad temper. It may be whatever. But you said, Lord, I don't want it no more. I'm going to give it to you a year ago. And these are them. And then you got a card that said, set free, 3-18-18. Jesus took your ashes and made beauty. Today, if you got some ashes that you need to, to give to him, some flesh, in other words, now's the time to do that. You know, when you go to certain churches, they will take ashes, uh, the palm branches that they, when the kids come in here on Palm Sunday, they'll take them palm branches and keep them a year and they'll dry out. Well, they take them palm branches and burn them the following year and then they'll make ashes out of them. And on Ash Wednesday, they'll take that ash and they'll put a cross on their head. So when you come up and give something to the Lord, they'll take that ash and put a cross on your head. And Methodists do this too. I just don't get into a lot of that. But, but you walk around with that ash on your forehead for the rest of the day, showing the world that, hey, Christ set me free. And it's a reminder. But Christ took our ashes and made us beautiful. He took our mourning and made it joy. He took our heaviness and made it a garment of praise. What do you need the Lord to do in your life today? These altars are open. And again, guys, if you don't know Christ your Lord, we need to start there. But that's the altar call today. If you got something you're mourning about, let's pray about it. 
And Father God, we just, you've been speaking to our hearts today. And Lord, I ask that we move out and allow you to touch our situations. Lord, that we put our faith out there so that you can be faithful. In Jesus' name.